Welcome to the Money Insights Podcast, where high income earners come to learn wealth building strategies that will take them from high income to high net worth. With your hosts, financial and wealth building experts, Christian Allen and Rod Zabriskie. Welcome into another episode of the Money Insights Podcast, the alternative wealth building podcast for high income earners. My name is Christian Allen. Here with me, as always, Rodney the Pod Zabriskie. Rod, what is up? Hey, I'm doing great. I'm enjoying uh, maybe the last warm day of the year, but I'm enjoying it. It's good. Warm is a little bit strong, Rod. (laughs) When I was out there, it was about 42 degrees, but it was sunny. So like, I mean, it's supposed to be a high of like 50. Rod, no no one cares about the weather. Uh, Yeah. Nobody cares about the weather. It just struck me. I was like, man. Anyway, I like the fall. but uh, I appreciate the authenticity, but but nobody cares about the weather. (laughs) Rod, what they do care about, at least I hope, is they care about t- the topic for today's podcast episode. We're calling today's title from high paid to high impact, the entrepreneur's advantage. Yep. Woo, there's a lot there, man. We've got we've got a lot to unpack. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. You ready for this? I'm ready. Okay. We're gonna jump right into it, Rod. Um, and what I did is I built out a list of a bunch of people who have done like kind of unique, um, successful, like game changing things, whether like in the world or in their industry. Um, But again, people that had a high impact as they built their businesses. Yeah. So good news is there is a lot of people today. I genuinely believe today, Rod, this is the best time to be a business owner or the best time to be an entrepreneur. That's probably the better way to say it. Like, because opportunity is just like everywhere. You can go in so many directions and be an entrepreneur and there's just so many advantages to it. And that's what we're going to get into today. So Rod, here's the question. Where do you want to start? Well, uh, maybe we can stop, start with the premise like how how did we come up with the title high paid to high impact okay well i'll tell you how rod it's because we talked to a bunch of people who are high paid yeah. and many of them are already high high impact but the reality is is that virtually everybody we talk to and meet with aspires to create significant impact in the world that's usually the driving force like mm-hmm. money is oftentimes just like the way we keep track, it's the score, right? But at the end of the day, most people that we talk to are more interested, especially as you get to a place where you're like comfortable with money. You you know, maybe you're to this place where it's not like a worry, you know, you're not concerned about running out of money or whatever. When you get to that place, most people are still very driven. And my experience is that it's not because they're just trying to get as much money as they Mm -hmm. possibly can money ends up being more of a means to an end. So well, the reason, you know, the reason I thought of this concept or just kind of this topic was because these are the people we're talking to and there is an, a huge opportunity for all of us to create lo- a larger impact. And so from that standpoint, it's about aspir- like the, the aspirational opportunities that exist today. But in addition to that, Rod, there's also a very practical advantage to being an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. right? Just a very practical advantage from a wealth building perspective 
for you know we're going to talk about with the things we hammer on all the time the tax benefits and um the you know just like there's savings and opportunities that end up end up being there that the traditional w2 oper or the w2 individual doesn't get but we're also going to talk about how you can become that person relatively easily yeah right yep Anyway, so that's like that's that was like my rant on unpacking the title. What do you think? Brilliant. Well, I agree with you. Uh, I was at an event last week, and it was it was all for you know high net worth people and uh, legacy and other things like that. That often when I think about legacy, I think more of like the for for family, right? My direct people that I know and love, and I'm I'm kind of passing wealth to them or or culture to them or whatever it might be. Uh, but it was as much, this, this particular event was as much about impact that we can have on, uh, you know, just, just people out there who are having a rough time, right? So, you know, human yeah. trafficking and orphans in Guatemala, there were, there were a few different like specific organizations that we, uh, that we heard about, learned about, and the impact that these people are having on them. And we're not going to get as much into that part of it today. We're, we're focused more on the entrepreneurial side, but I guess what I was just, doing is just agreeing with you that there's this desire, there's this passion for so many of the people that we get to work with every day to, to do more, to have a higher impact in the world than just being there, you know, earning a keep and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. I think that's, that's an important addition. I appreciate you bringing it up. And I think the two oftentimes go hand in hand, right? Like, yeah. like success is sometimes oftentimes a an avenue to create more to to build impact right so like yep. somebody I, I think of people who oftentimes maybe they start with the aspiration to grow like generational wealth or even just like create financial independence mm -hmm. and then as they get there it becomes this shift that that's maybe maybe it is to greater success but oftentimes it's for a purpose and that purpose being to impact maybe lives, right? Like in yep. a very practical, meaningful way, whether it's, you know, the kind of work you were talking, humanitarian work, um, you know, giving to charitable, like all of those things can be, you know, ways to have a real impact. So I'm glad you brought that up. Okay. We don't want to leave that, that behind in our discussion, even though most of the people we're going to, we're going to throw out today are well-known people that just have done unique things to kind of, um, you know, that were game changers. We'll call it that. Yeah. Okay. So Rod, I have an ex I have a list of 25. We're going to go through each one of them one by one, <laughs> line by line, 10 to 12 minutes on each one. Just kidding, Rod. Why don't we pick out just a few that we like? You go first. Okay, first, I'm going to pick out uh Damon John. Okay, he he made the list. Love Damon. And I talk a lot about this. I love Shark Tank. I watched all the time. I watched the reruns. Did I, I did I introduce enjoyed. you to Shark Tank? You actually Tank? did. Yeah. I feel I'm, like I did. But you've become you've become you've surpassed me in fandom without question. Well, yeah, so here's what everyone should know. I'm not a big like connoisseur of TV and all of the different things that are going on there. And but but Christian is. So he's moved on to, to greener pastures. He, you know, <laughs> uh, other shows that, that he enjoys. And I just got like enamored with you're this just one. like and good news is they've had like 15 seasons so they just yeah. keep pl plugging is, is it still creating new ones they are still creating new ones and okay they, they'll they'll continue to play all the reruns you know sometimes so three and four a got, night 
So you're ready to roll, man. Yeah. <laughs> so great. anyway, okay. That's okay. how I first Damon learned John. about Damon John. I I may not have known who he was otherwise, but his his cool thing. So he started out. Uh, he had the Fubu fashion line and made mm-hmm. it big there, and uh, and then with kind of what he's doing with Shark Tank and other things, investing in other people and making what they're doing better as well. So. And I'll say this too. So one of the reasons why I picked him out is it's not because for him, it isn't just about the money. It isn't just about, you know, continuing to build his empire or whatever. Um, He, he is very specifically trying to make things better. So for example, a common line for him is if he hears a pitch and he just doesn't feel like he can add value, he's not going to invest just for the sake of investing. Even if he thinks it's a great idea, he thinks they're going cool places if he doesn't feel like he can genuinely uh, create a better place for them, better path for them, uh, then he he just doesn't get involved with it because that's he he wants to put his passion behind those things where he does feel like he can make a difference. Yeah, I love Damon John, man. He's a fun one. Um, Rod, I'm gonna let you keep going. Who's your next one? Okay. Well, the other one uh, I'll I'll, I'll kind of keep rolling with. So Richard Branson. Is the second Richard one Branson? Yes, out. and here again. He, so he's not a regular on Shark Tank, but he has come on a few times as a guest shark on Shark Tank, and so that's kind of how I got to know him. I won't pretend to be, you know, to know much about him. But what the reason I picked him out is because he is—he's just an out-of-the-box thinker. The things that he has become successful with in in music industry, in airlines, uh, even kind of moving towards space travel. Um, he is not someone who's just going to take what whatever has been done or tradition or or limitations that someone else says are his. He's he just ignores all of those things. He's he's going to go do cool things and and think outside the box. So that's why I picked up him. Okay, Rod, I want to give a shout out to my man Ben Silberman. Okay, Ben Silberman, he created Pinterest, and you think well. And I have no idea about anything about Ben Silverman other than that he created Pinterest. But Pinterest has been an incredibly valuable tool for me recently. I, <laughs> um, as Heather and I have started to build our house, like like we have to like share pictures and stuff. And so like in the last like couple months, this is kind of embarrassing. I've never done anything with Pinterest, right? <laughs> Up until like a couple months ago. And man, I'm just I'm digging Pinterest. It's it's thrown out good ideas to me all the time. So shout out to Ben Silverman. He is making my house building experience just a little bit better. And I just, I appreciate that. That's great. Yeah. I, and yeah, I, yeah. I'm not a, I'm not sure what you call people who get on Pinterest. I'm not a pinner. <laughs> what a, oh, I don't boy. know if that's what you call. You don't. But, yeah. I don't know. I don't think there's any pinners. Okay. <laughs> um, but I know uh, a lot of people around me love it as well. Like, especially my daughter, Julianne, I'm thinking of like, she, loves yeah because she's like a creative she's always looking for cool things to do whether it's cooking in the kitchen or little crafts or things that that she loves to do and and she loves it she always finds Pinterest is the place it's a place good place to go for that kind of thing so shout out to our man ben okay rod who's your next one okay next one i'm gonna say brian chesky co-founder of air and b and oh, okay. I'll, I'll be honest. I, I didn't know his name before he made the list because of Airbnb. So, but I picked him because this is an example of a business that 
has told, has changed the whole travel industry. Yeah. It's it, really, it's totally cool. Right. Yep. In and, good ways for it, the consumer. Like it, it created like investor opportunities too. And Absolutely. think about like, that's where short-term rentals came about. Right. Mm -hmm. So now it's funny. Airbnb is a big company that basically does that does that. But now as an individual, you can get involved and do like just proving out the concept other than giving the consumers like people who want to actually stay in an Airbnb. Obviously mm -hmm. that was an opportunity, mm -hmm. but like it's kind of next level on the sense that it also created formulated basically a way for people to invest and make money Yep. on it. Like again, for an average individual. Anyway, yep. I really like the short term rental game. I think I like the efficiency of it. It's like, unique in that you can create a lot of a lot more profit mm -hmm. with less properties and of course i mean there, there's obviously there's there's good and bad to it but that's not what we're here to talk about right now yeah and hey, one last a, thing that's on a that fun one is that it's it's a business that evolved and there's probably still some element of it like i think the starting point was hey if you have an extra bedroom and you want to make it available for someone to come and stay then you know great i think that part of it didn't end up to be as practical as as ultimately where it is now where you have separate uh, living quarters, so to speak. So you, you could subdivide your house or a, a house into multiple entrances and, and whatnot. So anyway, that's, that's ultimately where it is now and, and where I think it was going to see the best success. Um, but I think that's another point too. having a good idea and getting started, even if it's not the the best idea in the long run, but then being, creative and willing to adjust and and reinvent the business well this is an example where they have had to do that and, and been really successful because of it rod i believe that i am about to share the most impactful person on this list okay all right let's see it you, you're gonna have to see if you can <laughs> quibble with me on it but from my from my perspective as i've been thinking about this and no it's not elon musk and it's not jeff bezos <laughs> and it's not even Larry Page and Sergey Brin. It is, however, Tim Berners-Lee. Okay. Creator of the World Wide Web. What do you think? Does that... I, I is mean... Is there anybody that's, like, in the last century? I, I don't know how long, but, like, who's had a more of an impact on the world over the last... 50 years than that. That's a great point. A, a lot of the people on this list are, have been able to do what they've been able to do because of the World Wide Web. Rod, that's why we're able to do what we do. I think yeah. about how painful a lot of businesses used to be, yeah. right? Just like either, you know, pushing things through the mail and mm -hmm. uh, man, I Facts. think about that, Rod. You, you put things, <laughs> yeah, you, you push things through the mail, Rod, and then they like, they, I can just imagine that a form, a signature gets missed. And then that means like, Oh, that's a week. It's another, yeah. Oh yeah. It's just crazy. I marvel that in the past thinking about how much is exists in there that anybody was able to get business done before the world wide web. So anyway, my man, Tim Berners Lee worldwide web, most impactful dude on this list. Okay. I, I mean, okay. Hard to, that's okay, hard though. to we, argue against that. Yeah, I think it is, but I I don't want to steal steal your thunder rod. So that doesn't mean that there's not some really cool people in here. Uh -huh. Who else do you want to hit on before we move on? Okay, the last one I want to hit on is Travis 
Kalanick, co-founder of Uber. And this is going to be kind of piggybacking on what I did with Airbnb, but there's no question that Uber has just completely changed the transportation industry. Like when's the last Uber time has. you saw a cab? Well, I mean, the only one we go into the bigger cities. And you do that's, still that's see them there. You still see them but at the airport, in, whatever. But yeah, that's about it. Yeah. That's about it. There's definitely a lot less cabs going on. Yep. And ev everywhere. And Rod in Utah, we rarely saw cabs anyway. Let's be honest. Yeah, it was a rarity. But if you go to, but even still, if you're going to like these bigger cities, generally, like there's more Uber, Lyft, that kind of stuff going on than there. A lot more of that going on than. Yeah. People ride cabs. Yeah. Cabs or even like shuttle services or all that kind of thing. So, yeah, it's pretty wild. Um, okay. These are fun ones. Let's, uh, let's kind of move, move along here, right? I want to talk about strategies for entering into the entrepreneur world. Yeah. So, obviously, if we're talking about the advantages, and we're going to get to some of those here in just a few minutes, you have to feel like you can get there. Um, a lot of the people who, we work with a lot of people who will listen to this show are already in the business space, but there's also a lot of people who are high paid professionals in a traditional job, right? Yep. Here's the good news. It is not that difficult to get into the business world. And that's one of the messages I want to make really clear here is that you're not like out of luck. If you're a W if you, if you're making five or $600,000 in your W2 job, Guess what? You probably have some cash that you can go and create a business, even if that means investing in real estate, as an example. Sure. I say even like that's a like that's a great way to start a legitimate business, right? Uh, anyway, we're gonna get into that more in a second. But um, Rod, why don't you take us through a few of the ways that that we recommend or like that people could should be thinking about? If they're wanting to move from the space that they're in, say they're in the W-2 space, mm -hmm. they want to get more into the, the entrepreneurship world, where do they start? Yeah, well, I think uh, it wouldn't be a shocker to, to find out that from a lot of these high-income people that they are approached by others who have an idea or have a business that they're starting or have started and they need capital, right? So obviously a startup need, yep. needs capital in most cases. And then you have situations where uh, businesses has been started, they've kind of proved the concept, and now they just need to pour fuel on the fire, but they need capital in order to do it. And so they often will approach others about doing that. And if you haven't been approached, uh, there are cool like mastermind groups and uh, local kind of regional um, groups that will uh organize an opportunity for you to be pitched by people if this is something that is of interest to you. So that kind of like I was talking about Damon John, right? Shark Tank is obviously a, a well, you know, very visible version of that. But there are a lot of different forms of that out there for anyone who's interested in investing in in others. So that that is one way that anyone can W2, even if you're a business owner now, but you want to kind of, you know, spread things out a little bit. Uh, that can be a great way to do it. Okay. Investing in startups, Rod. That is a good way to go. Yep. Um, I think the the challenge, like you said, like, or that, that you kind of started to address there is where do I find um, people who are looking for money, right? Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. 
that's where you've got to get involved in groups and things like that. It's not typical that someone's just going to, you know, randomly walk up to you and ask for a couple hundred thousand dollars in for uh, 20% of their company. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but without question, if you're going, if you're out there looking for those kinds of opportunities, you can get them. And then of course, you know, there's, private equity deals and things like that. But mm -hmm. um, okay. So the first place investing in startups, um, a great way to do it brought us to buy an existing business. That's already like up and running cash flowing, producing um, that I think is a, is an underrated opportunity in today's market. I was doing some research recently and the, the numbers suggest that there is a massive, there is going to be and is a massive amount of people in that baby boomer generation who mm -hmm. own businesses who are needing and wanting to sell, many of which aren't going to get aren't just aren't going to be able to sell. Yeah. So I guess what I'm saying is there's a there's a dearth of people who to purchase these businesses, which means there's a really great opportunity to make deals. Again, the challenge is like figuring out who and where those opportunities lie. Mm -hmm. But that's where getting involved in various groups and people like us can help kind of give you guys give people idea on where to ideas on where to go. But I think that's just an underrated opportunity, something that I'm personally interested in looking at more. Um, and I think it will be a really like a, a unique opportunity for people, specifically high paid individuals who want to get into the entrepreneur space to get in there on a really favorable and uh, unique basis. Yeah. And I think on our show previously, we've, we've focused on um, different opportunities to do that, especially in franchising. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, franchising is a really good way to do it. And yeah. If you're already in, if you're already a specialist, like you might even be thinking so many of the, so many of you listening to this are, are in the medical space. Like, well, obviously that would be a great way to do is to buy an existing practice, especially yeah. if you can find it for, you know, a really good deal. Yeah, so, exactly. And we've worked with people recently who have done really well on the selling side, right? They're, yep. They've had an opportunity to sell their business and they've done, you know, really well from it. So it's a, it's a powerful way to uh, get into the entrepreneur space. Yeah, for sure. And, and even if it's not a franchise, uh, when you're buying that business, you're buying into existing systems and processes and assets and whatnot that are already in place doing that. And so you're obviously doing your due diligence to make sure that it is functioning well and, and that that's something you can plug into and, and run with, but great way to do it. Okay, Rob, the next one on our list is creating a side hustle, which while maintaining a full-time job, that's what a side hustle is, right? Uh, Weird. Yeah. Um, but the one that comes to my mind, again, because I've I've spent probably way too much time listening to like physician finance related podcasts, okay. mostly because I'm like a little disgusted by what I hear and I just like gets me fired up. Mm -hmm. um, but sometimes I get I, I get some nuggets, some good nuggets out of it, too. But I think of this, uh, this uh, locums tenants things where physicians will just like fill in for uh, temporary places and they can get paid really well. Yeah. And it can be like a, a really like unique and good side hustle. There's apparently a big need for it. Yeah. Um, and I've heard of a lot of physicians who do that. So that, and the reason I bring it up is because some people listening, like may not realize that just by doing that, they've created a business, 
when you create yeah. 1099 income, you have now, you are an entrepreneur, you're creating business income, which by the way, starts to bring on some of the potential tax optimization strategies that we often talk about. Absolutely. So anyway, that's why I was thinking about that. But Rod, what do you think of when you think of uh, side hustles? Well, we see uh, a whole variety of different things. Obviously, in a lot of cases, it, it is directly related. So, you know, a physician who also does some uh, in-home visits on the side, right? We're working for for that kind of thing. I have a person I'm thinking of, Rod. I, I, I pr probably could chat him out. I'll just say his first name, John. So our man, John, he's a great example of this. This is kind of funny, though, because... He's a full-time physician yeah. um, and he has what I'm going to put in air quotes as a side hustle. He just happens to make like 10 times, 10 to 15, 20 times more money in his side hustle than he does in his full-time job working with clients yeah. or, or working with patients. Yeah. Um, but it's really a cool idea because like he's someone that's having an impact and like he, he loves what he does, so yep. he works it, you know, he continues to do it while at the same time having an impact and, you know, being able to fulfill, fulfill that entrepreneur part of him as he goes. So kind of, you know, another unique situation. So the, the side hustle doesn't have to be, and oftentimes it like starts as the where I'm making less of my money, mm -hmm. but oftentimes it becomes more. And what we see frequently is that, people start to look and they're like, ah, oh, well, my side hustle, like I'm spending 10% of my time, but making 50% as much as I do here. And that could be just investing. Right. Yeah. And then over time, like it's gives you an opportunity to phase into full-time entrepreneurship. If that's your desire, you can take it any direction you want. That's kind of the nice thing about it. Yeah. And that side hustle can include some of the things we talked about earlier in terms of acquiring an existing business or, or a franchise. We will tell you that, Getting into that kind of situation, if you want it to be 100% passive, you're probably fooling yourself. It's not going to be 100% passive, but it can be a side hustle, right? You can continue doing the majority of, of your, spending the majority of your time doing what you do and add this on. You're spending some time on it, plan on it, but can do really well with it. I would say the majority of the people that we meet with fit into the camp of investing in real estate along with whatever their full-time job is. Yeah. And I say that like full-time job could be running the business, like running a practice or something like mm -hmm. that, or it could be a surgeon or something like that. But um, that's a really great way to get a lot of the advantages that come with being an entrepreneur. So again, if, if you're out there and you're thinking like, okay, I know they keep talking about how it makes sense to be an entrepreneur, but how do I do that? Mm -hmm. All you do is you start investing, you create a business and maybe talk through that, Rod. When we talk about that, how does starting to invest in real estate suddenly create a business for somebody? Yeah, great question. So I would say, number one, when you're owning or when you're investing in real estate, you're usually creating LLCs or other structure around it, which by its implication is a business and but and you're starting to create revenue you have expenses well what what's the definition of a business right it's it's a place that's generating revenue um and and so then as you as you start to have those expenses and you're planning things in the right way then you can start to bring in some of your regular expenses so for example 
if you have a piece of property and let's just say you're becoming a landlord on it. Not everybody wants to do that, but let's just say you are and you need uh, you need a transportation when you're going to go over and be checking out the bit, the, the property. Well, now you can buy your, your car through your business, right? It's a necessary expense in order to allow you to facilitate you doing what you need to do there. Um, and that's just one example. There could be many others. Uh, but the point is that all of a sudden these things, if you're spending it inside of your business, it's a tax deductible expense. Whereas prior to that, if it was, if you were just had your W2 income and didn't have this opportunity to have taxable deductible expenses, it completely changes things for you. So that's an example. It's a good example too, Rod. I think it's a really good example. Okay. I want to talk about like managing risk. Um, and basically what I mean by that is I want to emphasize that it's that, it, that while we're suggesting that it's, if you're not, if you're not an entrepreneur, if you're not investing, if you're not a business owner, just, you should be, you just need to be period. Mm -hmm. Okay. End of story. However, what we're not saying is that you just go be crazy about it. Right. Like yeah. we're not saying, Hey, go, you know, check out a, a business listing page and click on one and be like, that's the one, right? Mm -hmm. Like we're not suggesting that you certainly have to manage risk and be thoughtful and smart about it. And that starts Rod with a solid foundation. And when we say foundation, what we mean is a financial foundation, right? Yeah. So maybe what are some of the things that people should have in place from a financial perspective before they even consider, you know, trying to like follow their entrepreneurial pursuits. Yeah, well, I would say, uh, well, capital is, is an obvious one, but beyond the capital that you think you need to start the business, you need backup capital, right? And so, whatever you think you need, just like double it. At least. As yeah. you're getting started, maybe yep. triple it, right? Yep. yep. So, and that can include line of credit or things like that, right? Like, there could be situations where using leverage makes sense when you're getting in, but again, mm -hmm. be very smart about that. Don't, don't go crazy. Don't put undue risk on the, the rest of your world that is going really well. Um, and so hand in hand with that, go in with uh, emergency funds. So whatever you think you need for your regular living expenses as an emergency fund, you need to keep that and add to it because you're going to need now cash reserves, emergency fund as it relates to your business so that, you have payroll that needs to be paid out. You're waiting for a check to come in. The check hasn't come in. You need cash. You need to have reserves to help you do that at a different level as a business owner than just as an individual. Okay. Backup cash is critical. And like yep. we say, more than what you think you need, super critical. It's also, Rod, really important to have some competency around how you're actually going to track the what's happening within the business, some sort of yeah. process, right? So what I think about is like, just let's say that I'm investing in real estate and I'm wanting to be ser a serious investor. I'm wanting to create a business, but I'm starting with the, you know, I'm starting with like a local property where I'm mm -hmm. doing everything. Mm -hmm. um, and by the way, if you're, if you're, <laughs> if you're a high paid professional, like I probably wouldn't recommend doing it that way. I'd probably mm -hmm. go the passive route. Um, getting, you know, the same benefits without all the work, but let's just say you're like, I really want to have, I, I want to go out there boots on the ground. Well, it's wise to do a little bit of research 
get a little education beforehand so that you know the flow of what's going to happen and how you're going to do it. So again, by and you've got to know how to manage like the cash flow of the business mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in and out and, and specifically know what you're going to use to track and make sure that you're staying in a solid place um, and just not getting you know out over your skis. Yeah. And I would say for a lot of people who maybe don't have those skills or the, or that knowledge base, partnering with someone can be valuable. And I say can because partnerships are always tricky, right? Number one, you want to make sure that you have complementary skills that you're bringing to the table so that everyone, you know, is bringing that value. But at the same time, uh, sometimes they don't work out, right? Sometimes there are yeah, tricky, tricky things in there. So you have to uh, make sure that, that that in this whole kind of uh, managing risk uh, sp space, it can be valuable to have partners, but go in eyes wide open, very transparent and clear with each other about what expectations are and, and what, what's going to happen, how this partnership is going to work so that there aren't any just weird things that trip you up along the way. Okay, Rod, I don't want to go too long on this one. So we're going to move to tax optimization. Okay. This is a big one because so much of getting ahead in the investment world, particularly for high paid individuals, is learning how to manage and optimize, mitigate, whatever you want to say, create a better tax situation than you otherwise would. What are some of the benefits that we get by investing in a bit or by being a business owner, by being an entrepreneur? Because that's, I, after all, what we're talking about today, right? Yeah. This yeah, is the I, entrepreneur's advantage. Yep. So I hit on it a little bit earlier. I kind of hinted towards it is, is these deductions that you can now take. And for some people, depending on how you work your, your job, it can even be as simple as taking your whatever you're doing currently as a W-2 and maybe even switching it out as a 1099. And again, that doesn't work in all situations. If if you have a manager and they're always telling you what to do, then what needs to be done, sorry, what needs to be done, then W-2 is where you need to stay. Um, but if not, and you're mostly working independent, then a 1099 could be it. And as soon as you become a 1099, now you can all of a sudden start putting on your tax return, call it the Schedule C, uh, expenses that you are spending, that, and, and you're probably spending them now, but because it's related to that business, now all of a sudden those can be deductible. So having deductions is, is one big piece. A second one is there are a lot of tax-related strategies that are only available to business owners. And some of these are related to like retirement plans. Um, but there are a lot of other things that aren't directly retirement plan related, um, like... Well, like the restricted property trust is an example. Yes, yeah, or you're deferring, you're you're taking income, but you're getting a deduction on it, deferring some of that because your income is going to come later. You can get a, a, some tax benefits for that, but only if you're a business owner, not if you're W two. Um, and like you said, of course, there's like the the traditional things that people think about defined benefit plans, which again we always talk about as having a place in the right situation. Yeah. Um, but. Deductions is the biggest thing, right? That's one word, but deductions is incredibly broad. Mm -hmm. And so what you find, what you'll find is that with a little bit of strategy, that can oftentimes be more broad than what you probably think. And yeah. then of course, by doing that, you're still getting value out of the money without having to 
pay taxes on every dollar of it. And well, okay, but we won't get into it more. Um, okay, Rod, is there anything else on the tax side of it that you want to hit on? Maybe one last thing, and that is um, one of the things that a lot of people run into with their uh, with their business or their real estate as a business is that they want to take the the expenses, the losses that they have on that side, and count it against their working income. And, and that doesn't cross over except in, you know, certain exceptions like a, a real estate professional status. However, uh, if you have your side hustle, if you have some of these things that is creating income and it falls into that passive side, now you can take passive losses from your real estate and count that against passive income from the side hustle. Our friend John, right, that you mentioned earlier is a good example of that. Because of the way the business is structured, that comes through as passive income. And now he can count passive losses against that. That's one of the biggest things that we see people, you know, bump into a lot is they get excited about investing in real estate. They get this, you know, depreciation, bonus depreciation, all these things. And then they're like, okay, great. Now, can't that count against my income? Well, no, it can't because that's active versus passive. Um, so work with the seat as you're setting up your business. If you can set it up and it lands on the passive side, it's, it adds additional layers of benefit for you. Rod, I want to close this thing with some practical advice for anybody aspiring to get, become an entrepreneur. Okay. okay. So we're going to take this thing step by step. Number one, you've got to do the research up front. You gotta, you've gotta have the education. It usually comes from a desire. The good news is for most people, that's not a hard thing, right? When you're mm -hmm. gonna place your money, especially when you're gonna be involved with it, it's usually pretty easy to like get excited and wanna learn and become educated. But that's the first step. You've got to become educated and get some, some um, background for what it is that you're gonna be doing. That may seem obvious, but just make sure you do it. The second thing, is that you've got to have a business plan. Yep. Man, I love creating business plans. Right? <laughs> Just kidding. Um, you know, my favorite business plan ever was the one-page business plan. Yeah. That's my style, right? You can knock it out quickly. You get all the high-level points, but like still creates clarity. So if you're someone like me that struggles to, to like sit down and, you know, create a five-page document, you don't have to. It can be relatively simple, but just having that clarity of thought, having it down on paper in front of you makes a big difference. No one has it on paper anymore. Rob. That was <laughs> but if you, having it in front of you makes a big difference. That's the, that's the second thing. Okay, Rod, give us the third thing. This uh, is one third of your favorite thing. things. Well, yeah, third thing is the team, right? And, and that could include... Assemble the team. Yeah, and it could include the people who are actually on the ground doing the work and... Uh, like mentors, other people that you lean on, rely on that aren't necessarily working in the business, but that are as valuable or more valuable in the success of the business. So just having the, the right people around you, the right people on the right seats on the bus. Including the Money Insights team. Okay, next, Rod, you've got to figure out how you're going to pay for whatever you're doing. Again, that's pretty obvious if you're investing in real estate, but if I'm purchasing a business, I may not be intending to just purchase it in cash, right? Yep. It may be a combination of a down payment, most likely 
the combination of a down payment and some sort of financing structure, whether it's seller financing, whether it's bank financing, any way you shake it though, you've got to have financing hard to become a business owner, Rod, really in any way without at least a little bit of money. Yeah. Wouldn't you say? I mean, I guess you could get a 1099 gig and that doesn't cost anything and then you can start creating money. But for the most part, if you're getting into the business world, you've got to have money. And certainly if you're going to invest. Okay, what's next, Rod? Any other important points that we want to hit on? Uh, I mean, we we talked about the kind of market market research and whatnot on the front end. Um, I'm going to add to that just like this educational component to it. And again, some of that comes ahead of time but it needs to be an ongoing thing. You need to continually be staying up on being innovative ways that you can reinvent your business because it needs reinventing. If it doesn't, then it, it falls to the wayside and uh, other things will, will pass you up. So, you know what a really good way to incorporate the invest with benefits philosophy is tell me becoming an entrepreneur. Absolutely. Okay, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Money Insights Podcast. To learn more about the financial and business strategies discussed in this show, please visit moneyinsights.net. The views and opinions expressed on the Money Insights Podcast are not intended to be individual financial, tax, or legal advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making financial decisions. And if you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This will help others find the show and learn wealth-building strategies for themselves. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.